Go ahead and open to John chapter 14 this morning. Take out something to take notes with. Are you glad you're sitting next to the person you're sitting next to? Good. Everybody looks great today. Way to go. You made it to church. Smiles on your faces. It's awesome. John 14 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, We are doing uh, the second part of a series that we started last week called What Do You Expect? What do you expect? Uh, This is our third service in this new building. Anybody liking it? I'm having fun. So if this is your first time here, this is only our third time here. So welcome to the party. We're all new. And uh, as we started in this building a couple weeks ago, we started talking about what do we want the banner of this building to be? Because we believe that uh, Jesus is a, he's a, he's a God of promise and that therefore we are a people of promise. That when we follow Jesus, we step into the promises of God. We're not just meandering through life, but God's put us here on purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, you're on purpose. You're on purpose. And so... Our purpose is bigger than a building. Our purpose is bigger than Antioch and all that kind of stuff. And so we uh, just, we're talking about, okay, we've got this new building. That's fantastic. But what does God want to say through this building? And it was really simple. We want the banner of this building to be, we want the message that you hear echoing through these walls, driving by this building, whatever it is, simply to be this, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. We believe that God is a God of invitation and he's inviting everybody to come to Jesus. And I love that because uh, we talked about how that starts with me. It starts with you. That's not just for everybody out there. God is inviting you to come to Jesus. Amen? Coming off of that message in our first week, last week we started this series, What Do You Expect? Because I uh, want to talk about what do you expect? We're, if you were to come to Jesus, when you do come to Jesus, what do you expect? Because so much, of, so much of us taking up an invitation has to do with what we expect from that invitation. If you expect something lame, you're not going to go to the party. And if we expect something lame in God, we're probably not going to come to God. We'll go run to a whole bunch of other things. If we don't really expect, if he's not even really real, why come? If he's not even really going to do anything, why come to Jesus? If if he doesn't really care about this, why why even come? What do you you expect? And so last week we started uh, at our first impressions of God and who he is and how he responds to us and specifically how he responds to our sin. Talking in Genesis Two and three, who who is God? How how does he respond to our sin? And we talked about how maybe it was a little different than we all thought that it was. I hope you were here last week. I hope you were encouraged. Were you encouraged last week if you were here? If you missed it, we'd love for you to go back and listen to it because first impressions are important. And we can talk about God all day long, but it's good to go back to the beginning and see who is he? What's he always been like? Because he's always been good, amen? He's always been better than we think is what we talked about last week. This morning, I want to read a few verses out of John 14 as we get started, starting in verse, um, I think I told you 15, but I'm going to start in 12. So open up your Bibles in case we don't have it on the screens. John 14, come on, Bible, fold, there we go. John 14, 12, if you're there, say I'm there. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Did I read that right? Okay. Did y'all remember last week? 
Oh, man, it took me 30 minutes to get through four verses because I couldn't. Verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Part two of what do you expect? I simply want to title this morning's message, More. More. And I want to challenge you this morning. I'm giving you the punchline now. The punchline is this, more, more, more of God. I want you to expect more of God. When you come to Jesus, I want you to expect more. No matter what you're expecting, even if it's a lot, expect more. If you don't expect much when you come to Jesus, I want to encourage you this morning, expect more, more. I remember growing up, me and my family, uh, we had, my grandparents lived in Holland, Michigan, and that was kind of the home base for that side of the family. There was like 652 cousins, I think is what it was, or something. It was crazy. There was a lot of us, a lot of cousins, and we would go up to Holland, Michigan, and we'd stay there for Labor Day or whatever, you know, in the summers, and one of the things that we would do is there was, I don't know what you call these places, but those places were like arcades and uh, batting cages, and I don't know if there's like a name for that, but you know what I'm talking about? Are we good? Okay. So we would always go to that as the cousins, aunts, uncles. That was like, you know, party night. We're all going out. You know, you eat a slice of pizza, play some arcade games, and it's awesome. And it was awesome, especially because there were so many of us. It, it, was, it was good. And me and the cousins, we'd always get super competitive, obviously. Uh, Christian Guffey, do you know him? Is he in here? That's, okay, so Angie, yeah. Angie was right here. Christian is her husband. He's my cousin, and he's not in here. So I beat him in everything, every single time. <laughs> <laughs> and now Christian and I both have little sons and now they wrestle and wow that's like weird because <laughs> you're like that's literally us anyways back to the sermon talking about arcades so we go to like you know arcade night and have some pizza and all that kind of stuff it was awesome but the pinnacle of these nights to me the the part I looked forward to the most was the go-karts anybody oh my gosh because they had go-karts there, not like the crazy go-karts, just the go-karts. Like just, there was an engine and a gas pedal and a steering wheel. I'm like, yes, please, that's amazing. I just, I love that. And so the pinnacle was the go-karts. I just wanted to go go-karting. The only problem was I was always really small growing up, like mega short. And so even when I was at the age where I should have been able to do it, I never met the height requirement. <laughs> and so all my cousins got to ride the go-karts, but I didn't get to drive the go-karts. And, yeah, I know, it's sad, you know, feel bad for me. Um, so, like, we would, we, I mean, we tried everything to rig this system. Like, we, I tried, like, hiding behind my dad and just walking through, and they would always catch me. We tried, like, wearing, like, shoes with three-inch soles on them to give me a little hype boost. We stuffed them with tissue paper and everything, trying to get that extra inch to get there. And it never really worked until I was actually tall enough. And by that time, you're, like, kind of too old, and everyone's like, yeah, we've done that before. I'm like, I haven't. So I remember finally being tall enough, and we go and we ride the go-karts, and it was incredible. 
Like, there's motor sounds. There's st- I'm like, yes, we're on a real track. Like, we're race car driving, man. Like, it was amazing. And so, so it was such a, such a win for me, you know, even just, you know, morally. I'm like, I'm tall enough. Like, that was even just a big win for my self-confidence. So we're doing good now. So that, that was good. So I, I finally got to do it. I finally got to do the go-karts. Then a couple of years later, not, not too long after doing that for the first time, uh, since, I, since I was tall enough to do that, I was tall enough to do most things. And so I remember my dad took me to Fast Times not too long after that. Anybody been to Fast Times around here? Okay, so like this is like go-karts, but like a couple levels up. They like go actually like properly fast. It's like a sweet track. There's like the air smells like gasoline. It's like, you know, you're going. It was awesome. Like you have to be 16 to do it, I think, because you have to have a driver's license because it's dangerous, right? I'm like, yes, this is sweet. And so I, I go, and, and, and we do fast times. I'm thinking, wow, no, this is actually awesome. And then one time we went to another place that was outdoors, so it was even bigger. Like the track was longer. The go-karts were a little bit faster, a little bit louder. And I was just like, this is getting better. This is amazing. And then like a year ago, I got into Formula One racing, like watching it, not doing it. <laughs> Because you need like $800 million a year to do that, so we're taking up an offering. Not a, not a funny joke. So, you know, you look at Formula One cars, you're like, okay, you know, it's the same idea as a go-kart. Like, there's tires, one seat, a steering wheel, and an engine, but the similarities end there. Like, they're going fast, and it's cool, and they are flying. And the go-karts just kept getting better for me. And now the thing was, like, I went back to the, the old style, the first style of go-karts, after having done fast times and a few other things, and I thought, well, this sure is lame. Once I had tasted fast times, once I had tasted the outside thing, I was ruined for the kitty carts, right? Like, never going to happen again, never going to get excited about it again. And honestly, like, I'm competitive enough to where, like, the day Smith is excited to do it, like, I'm going to have to fake it. Because I'm like, bro, these aren't even fast. <laughs> Let me show you. <laughs> I got ruined for the carts like that because I found out, like, those are cool and everything. There's nothing wrong with them. They're real go-karts, but there's more. There's more to go-karting than the kitty carts. I never knew that before, but once I had tasted more, I was ruined for the kitty carts. They were still go-karts, but there was more. I was living in a kitty cart expectation. And I think that when I look back on my life, I I remember, I feel like I grew up with a kitty cart expectation of God. A kitty cart expectation of what would happen if if I really followed Jesus. If If I came to Jesus, like the pastor said on the stage, like, kitty carts. I'm sure we'll like putz around and maybe some things will happen, but but it's not gonna be that great. Like if I really believed in God, what would really happen? My kitty card expectation of, of, of God, like I believed in God. I, I, I believed that Jesus was his son. I believed that Jesus died for our sins and that that meant I could go to heaven one day and all of that sort of thing. But my expectation really, really stopped there. As far as a daily life, walking with God, I, I had no idea what that meant and I, and I had no expectation of what that could look like. I assumed it would matter someday as an adult, but for now, until that switch magically happened to where it didn't matter to when it did happen, like somewhere in that adult range. Do you remember growing up looking at adults and being like, there's a day in there that like everything switches and you, get, you figure everything out, right? Did you ever think that growing up or was that just me? Okay, haven't found that day yet. Still waiting on the switch. So I was waiting for that switch. It'll matter someday. 
It'll matter someday. But what I'm trying to say is that, that growing up, I, I had this, like, I guess it was kind of in the air, unspoken, but everybody kind of knew it. Like, going to church, being a Christian, and all that stuff. Like, it was supposed to be this pinnacle thing, but it wasn't. So we just didn't talk about how it wasn't. And then I remember being 19 years old, I, I hear this sermon, I'm at, a, I'm at a church and I hear this sermon, this guy's standing up on stage and he, he's, he's, he's telling this sermon, if you've been around, you've probably heard this before, but he's preaching about how Jesus offers us adventure and intimacy beyond our wildest dreams. And I remember sitting there, second row, like if we were in that room, I would have been like right where Asa's sitting. What's up, dude? I was like literally sitting in that seat and sitting there thinking, since when? Since when? Why are you so excited about this? Like, people are jumping up and down. People are smiling at church. They're excited. Pastor's saying stuff. People are saying, amen, that's good, Carl. Like, what, what happened to being quiet and sitting still? Adventure and intimacy beyond our wildest dreams. I've been in church my whole life. I've been doing this Christian thing. I've been on the kitty cart track my whole life. Since when is this adventure? Since when is this satisfying my heart at some deep, deep level. Since when? I remember that day, once he said those things, it was like I couldn't unhear him. It was like I had been on the kitty cart track my whole life, but I went to fast times. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what to expect or even what to do. And, but that, that night, I, I had a moment with God that, where I, I tasted more. It was like stepping outside, gasoline in the air, you know, like, I don't know what this is, but this is not where I've been. I found out there's more. There's more to God. There was nothing wrong with what was before. I believe in God. I believe Jesus is the son of God. He died for my sins. I get to go to heaven one day. That's all amazing and true. That's still just like the kitty cards. It's go-karting. I mean, that's like, that's, that's living with God for sure. But do you know this morning that there's more? There is more than trying to make it to when you die so you can get to go to heaven one day. <laughs> like there's this thing called life. In between, in between when you give your life to Jesus and when you go to heaven, you've got this thing called life that we're all living. And what we say around here is that salvation is an invitation, not a destination. You didn't arrive when you give your life to Jesus. You're just getting started. There is more for your life this morning. No matter where you're coming from, if this is your first time in church, your millionth time in church, there's more for you this morning because of Jesus. Jesus is alive. There is more and I've tasted more. I remember after that night realizing, okay, if this is really who God is, I, I tasted something and I had to have more of this more. I started reading the Bible and it was like stuff that had been in there this whole time. It was like I had never seen it before. Even though I knew I had read it before. Has this really been in here this whole time? And that brings us to John chapter 14, what we read. Like that's been in the Bible the whole time the Bible has been the Bible. And I had read the Bible. But then I read that and I thought, this seems new. This is new. This, there, there seems to be more here. And once I tasted more, it ruined me for less. And I want us to be a people ruined for less. Ruined for kitty cart Christianity. Ruined for a little bit of God. I want more of Jesus. 
I want us to need more of Jesus. I want us to believe more of Jesus. I want us to have expectation that when we come to Jesus, he wants to be with us more than we could ever want to be with him. There's more this morning in Jesus. I don't want to miss out on more. There's a few things that Jesus says in these verses that I just want to hit on. And I don't really have anything practical to give you this week, I don't think. And we'll see what comes out here in just a second. It's mainly going to be just the Bible. <laughs> but my goal for you this morning is for all of us to come with an open heart. I, I, and I'm coming with an open heart this morning. Like, God, God I, I, I say I believe this Bible and stuff, but, like, convict me where I don't. Teach me where I don't. Because if you're saying there's more, I want more. I want more of Jesus. Jesus says this in verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these Will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Do you believe that? I don't know if I do. Can I be honest? Like, that's, those are big words. And if I can be really honest, like, there's some things that I've tried to do that haven't worked. There are some things I've asked for that haven't happened. And so I have this thing where my experience doesn't always match up with what the Bible says. And I think we all have that. Has anybody else ever been there? Okay. If not, you need to believe for more. <laughs> I, 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 I'm living in that gap. Like even now in a whole lot of ways, I can look back on a whole lot of things and realize, okay, Things didn't quite go. Like, that's just like a couple few sentences. It sounds like it's done, and it didn't go that way. But I want to believe for more. I don't want to be a guy. I don't want us to be a people. I don't, want to, I don't want to be this person who says that I believe Jesus is alive. He's the living God. He lives inside of me, and he loves people. But let's just bring it back a little bit because it's too risky to try again, you know? Like, you have a choice in your life when it comes to believing for more. I can say it, it can sound exciting, it can get us going, but believing for more is hard, but we can do it. And the reason believing for more is hard because you're consistently gonna run up against this choice. Am I gonna measure what God says against my experiences, or am I gonna go until my experiences match up with what God says? If you want more, you gotta come up against that. You're gonna have to consistently come up against that rub in your life. Am I going to stop because my experience failed me, or am I going to believe what God said more than what I've seen so far? And I would just rather live my life failing and failing and failing at believing Jesus said I could do greater things than him. I'm going to pray for the sick. We're going to raise the dead. We're going to see breakthrough. We're going to see the nations turn to Jesus. We're going to see restoration in our political system. We're going to over, we're going to influence culture, not get influenced by culture. We're going to have marriages that don't just not end in divorce, but they actually thrive and like manifest to our city the love of Jesus and his church. Like we're not just going to believe for kids that like don't grow up and get on drugs like we're gonna actually believe for kids that are leaders in their generation like I want more I want more and that might mean that some of those things don't work out or some of those things get really hard or some of those things like cost a lot but I want to believe for more I want more of God because he said there's more this is a promise and I don't always understand why things don't happen right away and I, like that's a real question and I think it's a fair question, and it's a question that I have. But I don't need an answer to that question before I decide to keep going. 
I wanna challenge you with that. There's a lot of questions that are really good to have about God in the gap. In the gap, there's a lot of questions that are really fair, really good questions, really hard, really honest questions. But we need to also be honest about which of the ones that as good of questions as they are, not having an answer doesn't mean stop. We've got to keep going. We've got to believe for more. We've got to keep coming to Jesus. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I've, had, I've got more of that than I ever used to, but not all of it, and I want more. Amen? I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. I've seen God do some miracles, more than I thought I would ever see him do, but I've got to have more. Like, we're not stopping until every person who ever walks through the threshold of this building, it just happens. That's what we're going for. <laughs> if anybody ever asks, like, hey, what's Antioch all about? Just say that and see what happens. <laughs> but seriously, I want it. Because Jesus did all that stuff, right? And I've read this Bible and I was like, okay, do, do greater works than these. Okay, that sounds like big, hyperbole. Okay, that's great. But then Jesus goes to the Father, like he says, and you read a book like the book of Acts and you read the rest of the New Testament and you look at church history and you realize people have done just about everything that Jesus did in his name. So he was serious about this. Like anything that you see Jesus did in the Bible, like you can see almost all of it happened again by people who weren't Jesus doing it in his power. Like, he raised the dead. That was crazy. Book of Acts. Just normal people raising the dead, healing the sick, walking on water, what? multiplying, all, ooh, all of these things. He's serious, and it's available for you as a believer. You can do the works of Jesus. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet, I, little, yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Everything we were just talking about is stuff that God wants to do with you that you can do for God and all that sort of stuff, and that's amazing. That's encouraging. It's also, some of you, I can even see it on your face, it's challenging, it's confusing, it's like, I don't know if I believe that, but then there's also the part of it that's just like, okay, great, like I'm trying, like I can't, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot of weight, dude, like go do more than Jesus, thanks. But the rest of these verses, verse 15, verses 15 through 21, connects a dot for us that we have to understand as believers. That it's all one, this is all one thought. Like Jesus didn't say this in chapters and verses, right? He said this in one thought. And, and what he communicates here in the rest of these verses is a truth that's really good and you really need to write it down and don't forget it. Kind of like me, I was reminding myself all week and today and this morning and trying to do it every day for the rest of my life. Anything that God wants you to do for him, he wants you to do with him. 
Anything that God wants you to do for him, he wants you to do with him. Jesus wasn't just this teacher who established some new religion or even established this higher thing to believe for or just believe for more. Jesus himself is the message of the gospel. And he says it here. I will not leave you. I will come to you. And when we talk about coming to Jesus, believing for more, I want to challenge all of us. What do we believe Jesus does when we come to him? Not just what do I believe God wants me to do for him when I come to him and all those sorts of things, but, but like one question that I think that I have consistently, and I haven't heard it in this exact language a whole lot of times, but I feel like I hear it in conversation all the time, this question of like, okay, so say I come to Jesus. Like how much of Jesus do I get? We talk a lot about spending time with Jesus in the mornings and, and during the day, you know, getting alone time with God. My biggest hindrance to spending alone time with Jesus is believing if he's gonna be there or not, right? I gotta challenge myself on that. The, the, the mornings I sleep in, the mornings I whatever, you know, just like, ah, I don't know. If I, if I ask like, okay, what's actually going on here? It's like, well, I don't really believe like Jesus is there. Like I, that's just something I need to do. But these verses here, Jesus He's inviting you to believe for more. Not just do more, act more, church more, but more of Jesus. You can know Jesus. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I want you to believe more when you come to Jesus. Believe that he's coming to you. Jesus comes to you. He's coming to you. He says this, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And then in verse 21, he says this, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That last phrase trips me out. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. I want you to expect more love from God. More. Just, just expect that when you come to God, he's gonna show you more, that he loves you more than you know right now. He loves you more. When you come to Jesus, that's what he wants to show you. You will be loved by my Father. And I will love him. There's like, here's, here we go into the Trinity. That's super not confusing either, right? But there's so much love for God. There's like the Father's love and, and Jesus' love and the Holy Spirit. There's like more. There's more. There's more. God loves you more. He loves you more. He, he will be loved by my Father. I will love him and manifest myself to him. I want you to know this morning that as a Christian, you are living in a promise from the living God that he will manifest himself to you. This week, I've read that a bunch, and I even have it circled in my Bible, but I was like, okay, manifest. Like, I have an idea of what that, thinks, what that means, but what does it really mean? It really means manifest. Like, appear, show up, be with, show himself, reveal. <laughs> you can live a life seeing Jesus. It's what he wants. You don't have to convince him to do it. Jesus wants to show himself more. 
more than we've ever seen, more than the world has ever seen, just because he loves us more. <laughs> and I love that like this book, this word that Jesus speaks, none of this stuff, like this book wasn't written for pastors and missionaries, <laughs> you know? Because some of this stuff, you're like, God's great, preaches weird on a Sunday morning, great, you know? Like anytime I talk about this stuff, I feel, you know, you can get like the weird looks, like, okay, like when are we gonna get to like the real stuff, you know? Like, but what if this is the real stuff? Like what if Jesus is the real stuff? 100%, what if Jesus is 100% real and he wants to show you who he is in your life? When you open your Bible, Jesus wants to talk to you. When you sit down, Jesus wants to talk to you. When you go to work, Jesus wants to be at work with you. What, like Jesus manifesting himself to you. It can happen. It's what God wants for your life. And it's, this is written for moms on Tuesday mornings. It's written for business people in Thursday afternoon meetings. It's written for students in class. It's written for you when you're sad and when you're happy and when you're doing really well and when you're doing really bad and you're encouraged or not encouraged when you're like, man, I'm seeing God everywhere and I have thought I used to see God sometimes, but now I even wonder if I ever did see him back then. This was written for you. Jesus, this life of faith, he's just saying, I want you to believe for more. I want you to believe for more. And he followed through. He followed through on this promise for more. Because in John 14, Jesus is getting really close to being crucified. He knows that he doesn't have a whole lot of more time left with his disciples. And so he's trying to just get the whole thing you know, going. Like, what do you try to say towards the end? And so he's saying, there's gonna be more. And um, they're saying, well, that sounds complicated. Even in one of them, the next verse after we read, uh, Judas, one of his disciples, Lord, how, is, how will you manifest yourself to us? Like, how is that gonna happen? Like, help, <laughs> that sounds big. Do greater things than you. See the manifest God when you're not here. I don't know what you're talking about, but help. In the middle of it all, I will give you another helper. Jesus is following through on his promise. He's equipping you to do it. And in Acts chapter two, on the day of Pentecost, when Jesus sent his spirit to fill believers, he followed through on the promise and the empowerment and the ability for you to know God. You can live your life full of God, full of the Holy Spirit, full of Jesus. And you can see him working in your life. And you can step into crazy situations and you can see God do greater things than you've ever seen him do before. This is who Jesus is. And this is what I want to encourage you to expect this morning. Expect in your walk with God. Expect when you come to Jesus more. More. I think I'm done. So come on up, worship team. Let's worship. <laughs> I told our team this morning, coming in, I said I have about 15% of a sermon this morning. But it doesn't matter because that is the sermon more. And I hope that you're like leaving this morning thinking, well, uh, okay, what do I do with all that? Or like, I don't feel like I learned anything. Or like, I hope that that gap is there. It's in me. Because that is where the decision point is. Do I step in or do I stay where I'm at? And I want to encourage you, take a step towards Jesus this morning. What does that mean? I don't know, what's it mean? Ask him. Ask Jesus, Lord, what do I what do? I do? I, if there's more, I want it. Help. Send me the helper. And I want to respond to God. I want you to stand up this morning as we close. 
We're gonna have a few people off to the side, just like we always do, available to pray with you this morning. If you want prayer for anything in your life before you leave, you're at church, and so you're in the right place to get it. I don't know if anybody's gonna pray for you at work tomorrow, so you might as well have them pray for you now. Don't leave without getting what you need this morning. Don't leave without getting what you need. Maybe you need to repent of not believing for more, of of standing still. Maybe you just wanna ask God, Lord, give me more. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Do, Do greater things in me. Show me the boxes in my life that I have you in that you need to bust out of, that you wanna bust out of. Just put your life on the table. Because I have found that that is the one thing that always leads me to more of Jesus, coming to Jesus. I always get more of God when I just come to God. And I wanna invite you to do that this morning. And, and that might mean coming to the front, that might mean getting prayer, that might mean staying where you are, that might mean having somebody pray with you this morning, I don't know. But I just want us to be a people who don't have to have everything neat and tidy because sometimes it's not. Amen? <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's not. My life's not, but Jesus is faithful. Jesus is faithful. And so we're going to sing a song. What song are we singing? Ooh, nice. Talking more about fire. That's fun. I want God to consume my life, don't you? <laughs> the whole thing. I want more. I want God to have more of my life. I want more fire in my life this morning. So I want you to bow your heads as we pray, as we close. And... We're just going to wait here for just a second. closed, I want you to raise your hand if you are like, it's hard to believe for more sometimes. (laughs) Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Raise it really high. (laughs) I just feel like God's saying, yeah, for you too. (laughs) It's okay. Lord, you said, keep your hands up. Lord, you said that you would send us the helper and we need help. We need help this morning believing for more. We need help doing these things, God. We need help encountering more of you. We need help knowing what to do, all these kind of things. God, just help. So I'm asking now, Lord, for for everybody in here, and especially people with their hands raised, Lord, I'm asking right now that you fill us with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd speak something right now, that you would fill with the Holy Spirit. Fill us with help this morning. Help us... Help us all, God. Help us get get past ourselves and our own limitations and just step into Jesus. Help us, Lord. If you're here this morning now and, you know, we talk about Jesus doing greater works than Jesus. If, you, if you're looking at your life, if there's a situation in your life and you're thinking, I need like a work of God in my life. It might just be you personally. It might be some specific situation. I want you to raise your hand if you're saying, I need, I need the works of Jesus. I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle. I need provision. I need whatever, whatever. Okay, if you don't have your hand up, I want you to get around somebody who does have their hand up. 
we're going to pray. We're going to believe in this. Go ahead, open up your eyes and look at the, keep your hands up, raised high. We're going to pray to Jesus, a miracle-working God. Open up your eyes and get around somebody who's got their hands up. Feel free, move around. We're family. Yeah. Got some people up in the front. Move around the room. Once you have somebody next to you, go ahead and put your hand down. Anybody else? They're awesome. Yeah. All right. You can get a name if you want to. You don't have to know the whole situation or whatever, but let's start praying. Just start praying, Jesus, would you help them? Pray for a work of God in their life. Pray for miracles, breakthrough, whatever it is. God, I'm asking over everybody in this room, Lord, that you would manifest yourself to us. God, we want to, like, see you walk into rooms. We want to hear your voice. Pray healing, God, over every sickness, over every disease, every pain. God, we command that all to leave in Jesus' name. pray against oppression and depression and discouragement. Pray the courage of the living God. Fill us, Holy Spirit, with courage this morning. (laughs) With belief, God, the joy of the Lord. Thank you, God.
to do one more thing uh, as we respond. And if this is new for you, I understand it's not planned or whatever, but just think if Jesus really wants to do something, I want to let Jesus do it because he's amazing. Um, even just as we're singing this song, it goes with, I feel like that word that we shared even before the sermon about how God wants to touch everything in our life. And last night, this doesn't happen all that often, but last night I had, I was having this, I had like this dream all night long, basically, of being like in this dry creek bed and wondering where all the water was and kind of looked around and there was two, there was two dams that were up in different directions. And um, through this dream, basically the dams broke and water came flooding in and I think it was like what I thought was a creek was actually like a whole river and it wasn't just water that came but it was this craziest thing there was like all this it was like you could see the whole ecosystem that comes with a river like there was salmon and bears and like little fish and big fish and trees and everything it was like the whole thing you know and I feel like God's just saying that's a picture of what God wants to bring to dry places. And sometimes when we have dry places, it's like, God, would you give me just a drink or something? And he's like, I want to send a river. And not just the water, but the life that comes along it. That, that God wants to put so much life in your dry places. It is more than you have any idea. And the two, I've just been asking God, Lord, what are the dams? What are the dams that keep things back? And I feel like right now in this moment, it's going to take a risk here. I think that one of the dams is distraction and one of the dams is discouragement. And so if you feel like you're distracted from whatever, from like what God wants to do or whatever, like I want you to come up to the front. Or if you are discouraged, just you're just discouraged. Doesn't matter what it's about. Whatever it is, I want you to come up to the front of the room and we're going to pray for you. We're all going to believe for you that the dams are going to break this morning. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah, don't be afraid. Be encouraged. Yeah, come on. You can, you can kneel down. You can stand up. You can do whatever you want. Distracted or discouraged. consuming fire. He is the living water, right? I want you to believe for more right now. I feel like God's been challenging me in something lately. Believe every day is somebody's day. Just the day that God's going to break through. The day that that thing's going to happen. What if this is this moment for some of these people? So if you're in your chairs, I want you just to agree and pray with me over these people. God, would you break the dams in Jesus' name? If you're, if you're distracted, I feel like God's just in, in encouragement. He's saying if you're distracted, all you have to do is repent. Just, just repent. And say, God, I don't want to choose that stuff anymore. Just choose Jesus right here, right now. Right now is your decision to come back, Lord. So we repent. God, I repent of being distracted, of choosing just busyness over the presence of God. And I'm asking, God, that you would break open that dam right now in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. And Lord, over discouragement, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God, I pray that you'd fill us with courage right now in Jesus' name. Break off depression. Break off discouragement. Lord, put hope right now. God, I ask for a baptism of hope in Jesus' name right now. 
Lord, bring life. We're believing for more life in Jesus' name.
more of you. Uh, we worship you, Lord. We, we bless you. God, I ask that all of this more, like this stuff that you give us, I pray that it would change everything that comes out of us, that our city would be able to drink from these rivers, that the nations of the world would drink from the rivers of your people, that there'd be life coming out of us for the people around us that need it. So teach us to share, God. Teach us to give. Teach us to believe that you want to even do more with the more that you give us. We just welcome you into our life and teach us to live here, Lord. Teach us to keep this posture before you all the time because there's always more in Jesus. So we love you. We believe you. We're asking for more. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Amen, amen. glad I came to church today. Hope you're glad you came to church today. I needed, I needed church. I needed to be with you guys this morning. I needed it. Thank you. Even just for me. It was so, so encouraging being around you guys. I hope you're encouraged and uh, let's just take the next step, right? If you don't have any, hopefully you don't have answers. Hopefully you're leaving without answers because that's the right place to start. Start conversations with people, with Jesus, and I encourage you to do that. If you're looking for people to run with, we'd love to introduce you to Life Group before you leave, and you can talk to some of our host team at the Info Center before you leave this morning. If you're looking for people to be like, I don't know how to do this. Where where do I, what's my next step? Uh, We need each other. Anybody else need the person next to you? So that's what we'll do. I hope you have an incredible week in the grace of God, and uh, let's just keep going after more. Amen? Thanks for being at church. We'll see you next week.